0: Van D, a a dynamic leader with decades of experience building companies and crushing sales. He's been there and done that. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, my name is Van D.
1: Aspiring audiences across the country to do it too. Here's Van.
0: Welcome everybody to the Van D podcast. Man, I'm glad you joined me today because I'm pretty fired up. I've got a guest today that has also been a very, very close friend of mine for, gosh, almost 30 years. Welcome, Gil Cohen.
1: Thanks, Fan.
0: I'm glad you're here, we Gilly boy. We have been boy. friends a long time. We have been friends a long time. So I'm going to give you a little bit of history about my buddy, Gil. So Gil was born and raised in New Jersey. He's been in Omaha, Nebraska since 1992. Gilly is the... Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Omaha Magazine. I know a lot of my listeners are very familiar with Omaha Magazine, but uh, they're a subscription-only magazine going to like 25,000-plus homes and businesses uh, the magazine is accepted into the City and Regional Mag- Magazine Association. Matter of fact, the only magazine, isn't that right, Gil? The only
1: magazine in Nebraska accepted into that association, which puts us in the same class as the St. Louis Magazine, fifty two eighty in Denver, the Washingtonian D Magazine in Dallas. So, so it's
0: pretty tell elite us, class. And tell us a little bit before I <clears throat> continue about the about the contests. You know, that you guys have that keeps all Omaha businesses, you know, trying to do better. I really like seeing this competition.
1: Is this the Get to Know Van Dieeb contest? No. <laughs> I think you're talking about Best of Omaha.
0: Best of Omaha. But you know what it so, does? It, it makes businesses work harder. It really does.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's Omaha's really uh, longest running and most legitimate uh, consumer to business contest. Uh, in Omaha so uh, each year from July 1st through August 20th we ask voters to to, uh, cast their vote for their favorite businesses uh, in Omaha anywhere from auto body repair to uh, chimichanga to veterinarian and uh, it's it's really a, uh, a a great recognition program and it's a way for these voters to thank uh, to, th- you know, thank their, the businesses that they're voting for for taking care of them, but also a way for these businesses who win to get uh, recognition out there and saying, hey, you know, you could ask 10 businesses or you could ask 10 uh, customers to uh, thank you or to recommend your business. Uh, and you know how that goes. You know, yeah, a it, lot of times it's it doesn't. great
0: street cred. Yeah, it's You yeah, know, it's I remember back when I had way. Deep realty, Gilly, when I had Dbrilltee and I we weren't we won Best of Omaha for something one of the levels, we put that on everything. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a big deal for the city of Omaha.
1: Yeah, it certainly is and uh like I said, the legitimacy of the contest and the opportunity for uh for businesses to uh to have people uh, recommend their business, and right. it's it's not an easy contest to win. No. There's 28,000 businesses in the Omaha metro area. and Jeez, any, I didn't know there were that many. Absolutely, and in any one year, less than 3% are Best of Omaha winners. So when you look at the odds of winning Best of Omaha, there are about 750 winners out of those 28,000 businesses. So
0: You know, it's funny that... It's an elite class. It's funny when you say it, 28,000 businesses. You know, when I travel and I speak to companies throughout the... United States, a lot of people will say, oh, you're from Nebraska. What, what kind of farm did you grow up on? (laughs) And I'm like, dude, you know, this is a cosmopolitan city We're we're a million plus people in a five county area and growing, you know, we're growing at 1% a year. In a five county area, mm-hmm. Gilly, that's ten thousand people a year that we're growing, and twenty eight thousand businesses. That's a lot of business being of done businesses. in one
1: community. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's billions of dollars of economic uh, uh, revenue that that come in, and you know, and a lot of it is uh, some some of it is. Uh, is tourism. Right. Tourism in Omaha itself uh, brings in about twelve million visitors a year. Now, this is an abnormal year, obviously. You mean,
0: and that includes College World Series, College World Series, yes. Berkshire
1: Hathaway, Swim Trials. Uh, just in the Omaha market, one point five billion is spent by tourists to in Omaha. Did so not know that. It's the third largest. Uh, it's the third largest revenue producing uh, industry in the state: tourism. So.
0: And Gilly, you know, before we get started talking about our topic of reaching our sales quotas, um, I do want to also add in in uh, talking about you is you know, you're involved in so many
1: charities. I remember when you did locks. Thanks for your, thanks to your mom. I yeah. probably wouldn't have gotten involved in anything if I had never met your mom. Oh my wouldn't gosh. have met you probably. You can,
0: let's tell our audience <laughs> that story. So I met so my mom was in Sioux City. Right. And it was back in 93 and she came back to me with a business card and I had just moved back to Omaha. She came back to me in 1993 with a business card of Gil Cohen and she goes, honey, I really want you to meet this guy. He's a great guy and I think you should give him a call. And I called you and yes, ended did. up coming to your office and, yep. and, uh, the rest is history
1: friends ever since Yeah, have both worked on a lot of different boards, a lot of different great organizations, children's hospital, diabetes foundation, cystic fibrosis. We
0: did. And you're still doing a ton. And, mm-hmm. and i um, I think it's pretty darn cool. And you're on the advisory board at off at off air force and, uh, uh, the heartland board of directors with, uh, um, wings shows. over the, yeah, yeah, wings over the heartland board of directors. just, it's just cool. And I know you're involved with the Omaha business ethic Alliance mm-hmm. It's just cool, all the things that you do. And I'm one of these guys that I've always, always, and I was telling Pat before you got here today, Gil, I said, I always tell Gil to run for mayor because he knows everybody.
1: I tell Van I couldn't take the pay cut.
0: (laughs) And he knows everybody. And the cool thing is, is everybody I know that knows Gil just loves him. So Gil, you and I um, talk business um, often and... One of the things that amazes me is, is you know, we always are talking about goal setting and accomplishing our goals and all that at our uh, work. And you seem to hit your, and I don't know if you want your company oh. to know, but you hit your sales quotas so early. Now watch, after they're <laughs> going to hear this podcast, they're going to say, let's raise, well, you're going to raise your own.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not ashamed to ever put my goals up. In fact, anybody in my office can come down. Any of the salespeople, any anybody, that can come into my office and see uh, my team sales goals uh, daily. I post them up there starting the first of the year, and um, and and just continue to add to it. Where you know wherever we're at, so I'm never ashamed to. To tell anybody in the office because they all have that same opportunity. It's not just me, but everybody in the office has the same opportunity to reach those sales goals too. I want them to see what the potential is uh, for them out there. So, well, traditionally, there's four types of sales quotas:
0: there's profit, volume, activity, and cost. And one thing that that I think that is that is overlooked when we're looking at our at our quotas. And our sales goal is—I think—at the top of that list ought to be building relationships.
1: Oh, absolutely! I, you know, you—you you hit the nail on the head, and that was—that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today too with you—is the relationship building. I've been with Omaha Magazine, going on thirteen—well, going on fourteen years now, and I've had clients for the past fourteen years, and uh, you know, they—I—I st- I, I would like to think they stay with me because the their advertising and their marketing dollars are well spent with the magazine. Um, But that never would have happened had we not established some type of relationship together, a trust factor. Um, And, uh, you know, the fact that what I tell them is actually true. uh, And, um, and and just building that relationship and you know how important that is too. I mean, even in real estate, I mean, relationship is huge. Now, obviously, people don't buy a new house every year, right? as opposed to renewing their advertising every year. So I get to touch those people uh, quite a few times during the year, uh, and then over the 14 years, quite a few times too, uh, but you still have to have that relationship with people. But
0: don't you think, Gil, that a big part of the reason why people continue to do business with you is because they trust you. I mean, you said that earlier, but I think that when I think of the way you do business is you're not the type to say advertise your business in this publication of all the publications that you have, um, unless you feel like they're truly going to benefit.
1: I've said no to people. I had... Uh, I had one in particular, I won't mention name of the business, but they, they said, well, we'll do an ad with you just because we like you. And I said, no, don't do that. (laughs) It's, you know, don't, if, if, if that's the case, if you're going to make an investment and and do something with this, it's got to work for you. It's not to my benefit. It's got to be to your benefit because ultimately if it's your benefit, then it does benefit me. But, but
0: you know, that is, that is the ultimate in sales 101. That is the ultimate goal. To not have to go out and beg for new business every year is to continually work your past and current clients so they don't become, you know, so so you don't have... Former ha- clients. Yes, yeah, so they don't become former clients, but they have to believe in you. And if what you're selling isn't working for them, it's going to be difficult to get them to renew.
1: Oh, absolutely. And our type of advertising is, is not easy to track. I mean, we're branding an image. Uh, And and so we have to sell on a whole different level uh, in terms of uh, the two issues of Omaha Magazine. Uh, If I have a restaurant or retail facility and I can say, hey, I can put you in, you know, 22,000 hotel rooms, you know, is a tourist or is somebody coming into Omaha uh, looking to shop or looking to dine, is that a value to you? And yes, you know, it potentially would be. Or maybe Omaha Magazine itself wouldn't necessarily be a benefit to them so you got to show them all the opportunities, and you got to you got to ask them what their pains are. You got to ask them what they're trying to accomplish. You know, obviously they're trying to stay in business, and they're trying to um, make a buck, uh, trying to reach a lot of different people out there. Um, but yeah. So when you're when you're looking at
0: your sales quotas, and you know what you have to have um, that you've given yourself for your goals for the year, how many like. You know, I know you're going to contact them a minimum of once a year to get them to renew. But are you always trying to find ways to stay in touch with them on other ways, not just asking
1: them to renew? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, from, the, from the day that I meet somebody, whether it's a, a new appointment or renewal, uh, we constant, we're constantly working with them. My, my top-notch assistant, Alicia, uh, is constantly yeah, Alicia. In, yeah, Alicia. She's constantly in contact with them throughout the year on their uh, ads when we're collecting the ads. If they want to make any changes, uh, you know, if there's if they happen to be Best of Omaha winners, um, you know, I'm out there delivering their Best of Omaha banners or their Best of Omaha uh, plaques, things like that. I try. I, I make a concerted 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 effort. That's that a big right? word, a but big yeah, we, for we me can go with it. Jersey to. To, you know, they're, to frequent their places, to have them see me. Uh, I think that's important, too, It's not just to go out and... Uh, now, obviously, you selling a house. You're not going right. to stop over somebody's house every day. No, unless they have, <laughs> like, food coffee. laying out or something. Exactly. Uh, so so I do try to make sure that I, I uh, frequent my clients because I think it's important for them to, to see that um, that I'm there, too. So,
0: so Gilly, not everybody is going to have um, your... You know your characteristics and all of the great salesmanship qualities that you have for the the average person that's trying to accomplish what where you know what you're um, experiencing. When do you think is the best time? And I'm going to tell you what I would tell my salespeople that I was fortunate enough to work with is I say take uh, Thursday, take uh, (laughs) take Thursday (laughs) and do your goals. No, take uh, (laughs) take November in December and really spend a lot of time thinking about the following years what your goals are what your sales what mm-hmm. quotas you've given yourself because a lot of people that are independent contractors they have to be their own boss right. they have to say I expect this out of myself I like for me My goal every year was to get 10 listings, even dating back to 1983 in real estate, my goal was to get 10 listings a month. If I got half that, I was okay. But I had a quota that I expected of myself. You know what I mean? I kept working hard to get that. What kind of advice would you give somebody of when they should start thinking about their sales quota goals?
1: Well, today's a good time. There you go. <laughs> you know, I brought this along because this is something that sits on my wall in my office. Uh, and I think it's important uh, in goal setting. I mean, if you don't have a goal, you're just out there, you know, just out there blind. And, and so I've always set a goal ever since I've been at least with Omaha Magazine and even before that. Uh, and so this little saying sits on my wall in my office. A dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan a plan backed by action becomes reality. I love that. And it's really simple. You, you know, you have a goal. Uh, you, you break the goal down into certain steps because in my business and in real estate, you know, particularly in my business, I have to have, ideally, it'd be nice to have uh, three appointments a day, five days a week. And you do, you know, you might sell about a third of that and you start working towards that goal. Uh, it's the same, like you said, in real estate, if you want to have you know, if you have two listings, your chance of selling something are maybe 50-50. Right. If you have 10 listings, you might have, you know, might, the odds are going to be higher. Mm-hmm. So the more appointments you have, uh, the more contacts you make with people. I'm not afraid to, even at my age, 61, and been here for 14 years, I'm not afraid to walk into an office next to or a uh, business next to an appointment that I've had and just drop off a magazine and say, hey, I was calling on your... You know your friend next door here. If you're ever interested, um, you know making a cold call. I'm not opposed to do any of those either. So, but,
0: and isn't isn't one of the big goals in accomplishing your sales quote quotas and your goals? Is is you've got to write it down. I mean, mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm a plan that's not written down to me is just a a wish or a fantasy. I mean, you've got to write it down. I think anybody in sales, leadership, marketing, whatever, whatever your goal is for the day, for the week, for the month, for the year, if you don't see it in writing, I just think it's going to be more difficult to accomplish. I know everything I've ever set out to do, I stare at it. Mm -hmm. And I, I try to live it and be it and absorb it. And, And, you know, failure is not an option. And by looking at this, you know, goal or quota, it's embedded in you. Yeah.
1: And that's what I said at the very beginning. If you walk in my office, there's a big board with my goal for the year and what we achieved for previous years. Mm -hmm. Going back 13 years, I have a picture of that board. So anybody, like I said, anybody in the office can come in and, and take a look and say, okay, you know, and you look at that, on day one, and it's not necessarily day one because we're selling all year long. So you had mentioned November, December. Um, that's not feasible in my business. So a lot of what I do maybe this time this year sets myself up for next year, some of the annuals, visitors, guides, and things like that. Now we're, um, I don't want to say the word balls to the wall, but lack of a better term. That's right. With Best of Omaha. You know, we we have a a, a goal to get that, uh to our subscribers in November, and so uh, so there's a lot of action going on with that right now. But a lot of that sets up the, our, mine and the other salespeople's uh, years for next year too. So,
0: don't you think one of the keys to being where you are today and one of the attributes that you have is you're a good listener? And I think that's one of the worst characteristics of a salesperson that isn't a good listener. I think their their careers are going to be a lot tougher, and I know the way you
1: operate. And part of it is hard of hearing, (laughs) so I I can't understand everything they're telling me. I listen, (laughs) I hear about every other word, and so I don't
0: believe that. I don't believe that. But so you know, it's in order. All these things have got to come together. But if you're not listening to a client's needs. all the goals and quotas you set for yourself, it won't matter anyway.
1: No, you're absolutely right. You have to be a good listener. You have to ask good questions. And you have to have uh, the ability to listen to their answers and and see if there's an opportunity there. There might be somebody that I talk to and uh, that there isn't an opportunity to do anything with us uh, after you talk to them. Or their mind is made up to do something other than print media. And, And so you have to respect their wishes, do the best you can to uh, give them the information that you have when it's appropriate, you know, after you've listened to them and, um, and don't be afraid to get up and walk out and Mm -hmm. say, thank you. appreciate your time. And if something changes, let's, you know, let's keep in contact.
0: Yeah. And see, that's that right. There's probably not the normal. I think a lot of people would probably take, not take it like you do. And I know we've had several times that you've taught that you've shown me your advertising and some stuff I do and some stuff I don't. And, uh, Um, but you've never been the pressure type. You've never been, well, you know. You You haven't
1: looked at your car outside here, have you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm going to let all the airs out of your tires. (laughs) Some of the toughest (laughs) people to sell something to are your friends because, you know, it's hard to go to a friend and say, hey, I want you to do this and I want you to do that, but... If I if I at least don't give you the information, you don't know that the opportunity is available. Then I'm doing I'm doing a disservice to you, regardless of whether you do anything or not. And a lot of my clients have become friends over the last 14 years. So,
0: so Gil, um, to the people out there that are listening that are struggling, and you know, COVID hasn't been. We're currently in COVID. If you listen to this podcast 10 years from now, hopefully it's gone mm. and we're back <laughs> to normal. But Do you think today that salespeople like ourselves, we need to step it up for one, but is communication like texting or or emailing? You know, I know that that's kind of the norm but mm-hmm. isn't it more important today more than ever is to get on the phone yep. so people can hear your voice yes
1: yes and don't be afraid of a zoom call i mean i never thought that i would ever be doing zoom uh interviews or zoom appointments uh there, you know that that's one platform i know there's many others out there uh, i don't enjoy it as much as a face-to-face meeting uh, but in in these days you have to do what you have to do and uh uh, keeping in contact with your clients and and continuing to prospect because their their businesses are not going to turn around until things you know it's gonna take time for their businesses to turn around but they have to re- remind people that they're out there yep. and you know uh, spending. Dollars. I'm looking at your time clock. There, <laughs> spending dollars. Fifty-two, 52 seconds left. level. No. You know, yeah. sp- <laughs> Take mo- your time. Spending money on advertising <laughs> is is a is a very hard decision. It doesn't matter if it's print, if it's radio, if it's TV, if it's billboards. It's a it's a difficult decision for a lot of people because it's it's uh, it's costly. Um, but they have to remember two things: is is advertising uh, pays. It doesn't cost. And the other side of it is uh, that a lot of people want to cut what they consider advertising as fat. And and the worst thing you want to do during a uh, down economic time is to cut your muscle. And, and advertising is your muscle, whether you're doing advertising with me or anybody else. That's how you get your name out there. And that's how you encourage people. Because if you're not doing it, your competition is, somebody's going to get the benefit of that.
0: That's a great answer.
1: At zero zero, (laughs) and we're
0: yeah. So you know what? I have the ability to extend these podcasts as long as I want, isn't that right, Pat? That's right. I'm not going to get in trouble. But Gil, I was really excited to have you on because, like I said, I've always admired how um, you reach your sales quotas every year. And um, I know it's just not. I know it's not easy. I'm magazine sales, advertising sales is not the easiest game in town, and you make it look easy because you know, people like doing business with you, but I want to tell you something. One of the takeaways that I hope my audience gets off of this podcast is be honest, Mm -hmm. you know, don't do the hard sell, be honest. Um, and, and make sure that you're aware of your sales quotas. And like you said, when you read that it, you know, you it's, it's gotta be written Mm -hmm. and you've gotta be able to look at it every day. It's gotta be, Something that you can obtain, attain. It, it can't be, you know, you can't make these sales quotas that are so far out there that it's just gonna be a disappointment. You know, I recommend whenever I do my goal setting classes for companies is make them reachable. Mm-hmm. Because once you start reaching your goals, it you're gonna it's gonna become where you're so excited every year. Yeah. So don't put your sales quotas in your Goals too far out there. Isn't that what you would recommend?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I didn't start with the goal <clears throat> that I have now. I started with a smaller goal and built upon it. And uh, you know, there's nothing. It, 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 the the best thing about being in sales, as you know, Van, is that uh, or any salesperson, is that you can give yourself a pay raise every single day if you work harder. If you work hard enough, you can give yourself. It's one of the only businesses, that. the only industries that you can do that is sales. And uh, so every little bit that you're exceeding your goal or hitting a goal, I find personally, I'm more effective if I have just sold something because then I'm excited about going out and following up on somebody else and, 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 you know, and all that, or, you know, when you get your goal, you're achieving your goals, it just makes you feel a lot better because in sales, you don't get a lot of pats on the back. No, no. And, and as you know, in most businesses, 80% of your sales are done by about 20% of your people. Right. And so that's the way real estate is too. It's, it's pretty much every business, every business, every business is that, that uh, seems to be that ratio. So,
0: so Gil with all your publications and and, uh, all the magazines that you um, are involved in, how can, how can people get in touch with you? What's, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Is it email? Is it, can you share that with my audience? How they- oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, they can contact me. It's gil at omahapublications.com. Uh, my office number is 402-884-2047. Uh, so, or they can contact me through, through uh, omahamagazine.com. I believe there's a link there. My information's Beautiful. on there. I do have to put a, a quick little plug in for our, my publisher, the publisher, Todd Lemke. Mm. Uh, Todd is on the magazine, great reputation 40 years now. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I first came to Omaha back in the eighties, actually, Todd was the uh, publisher, the distribute, uh, the distributor, uh, the editor, the, the ad sales guy. And so he's really grown a great, uh, Uh, business not just for omaha magazine itself but for the other publications that we do we're up to 22 or 23 different publications now that we do um and statewide uh this year we worked on a a visitor's guide for western nebraska 20 counties Mm. out in western nebraska so we're we've branched out of just the Omaha metro area with what we do. So You've always Todd's talked
0: you've always talked really highly of Todd and he's got a great
1: reputation. In Not Omaha. to his face. Yeah. <laughs> we Only wanna, behind his back. Well, you I don't want to give people a big head,
0: but no, Todd's got a Todd and his family—they got a great reputation, yeah, and, and um, which which helps you sell and helps you reach your goals because you're with such good people.
1: Yeah, and we have a great team at the office. We have awesome editors. We have a terrific uh, graphic artists, mm-hmm. uh, other support personnel, and you can't you know can't just be the salespeople out there. Uh, it's got to be a full circle. It's Got to be a full circle, yeah. and uh, it's a great organization.
0: Well, Gilly boy, I'm so grateful that you were on the podcast today. Me too.
1: Thanks. Yeah, man. and. For
0: all of you, please, please subscribe to my podcast. These are only to help us all get better and accomplish our goals, and my guests, um, hopefully, will help you get there also. But please subscribe to this podcast, rate it, and review it. And if you ever need anybody to motivate you or come out and visit with your team, please uh, get a hold of me, Van Deeb. And I'm grateful for you being here today for our podcast and and uh, to listen to my good friend, Gil Cohen. Have a great day. A Huda Media Production.